I want to start by giving a shout out to the sponsors of today's episode, Sweaty Betty, the all-female team at the forefront of producing engineered-to-last leggings. I still have my first pair of leggings from five years ago. How is that for long-lasting? Enjoy 15% off using the code STORIES29. Thank you, Sweaty Betty. It was like a veil fell off from my eyes and I I could see that sincerely I could make something from this talent other than a hobby and then I decided to make it a career. Our story's guest this week is the exceptional Nigerian Afro-pop singer-songwriter Yemi Alladay, who incidentally has not one but two pivotal events in her life. The first happened in 2009 when she emerged as the winner of one of Nigeria's biggest talent shows called Peak Talent. From this, she realised her lifelong hobby and passion for music could be her career, an option she described as being blind to before. She then shot to stardom through her music, a mix between reggae, R&B, rap and Afro-pop. Her second pivotal year was 2014 when she released the song Johnny. More to come on this. She is such an inspiration and has lent her talents to some amazing causes and truly believes in the power of lending your voice to the people whose voices aren't as loud as your own, which I always think is brilliant. This is not limited to music, although this is, of course, her main passion. Yemi has also had forays into film, most recently working on an exciting new project with Yemi's lifelong ultimate idol, Beyonce. I mean, isn't she everyone's? We chat everything from meeting in Brazil to highs and lows of social media and what it takes to keep momentum going after such a fast trajectory into stardom. Spoiler alert is it's a hell of a lot of passion and drive. There were literally so many different directions to go in with Yemi. She is such a fascinating and inspiring lady. I could have kept talking to her for hours, but hey ho, she's dialing in from Lagos. So without further ado, welcome to Yemi Alliday's Stories of 20 and 25. Hey, Yemi. Hey, Pixie. <laughs> How are you? I am fabulous. Uh, and you? I'm really good. I'm so happy to hear your voice because I haven't seen you for so long. Well, since I, for everyone listening, I uh, met the amazing Yemi in Brazil. I think, how many years ago was that, Yemi? Oh, it's probably three or four years. Three I, or I, four most- years reminds me of pictures uh, that it thinks are memorable and whenever I see our pictures I'm like oh pixie oh pixie oh, pixie. <laughs> it was such good times so honestly it's like I loved it it's one yeah. of the best shows I've ever done I am a big fan of your voice because I got to hear you sing live and your voice is amazing uh, oh, so, I'm so excited but, but how are you Yemi how it's how has it all been over where you are well, at the moment, as we speak, I am here in um, Lagos, Nigeria. Amazing. And, and I've really just been trying to catch up on personal things that I normally wouldn't be able to do when I'm on the road, like trying to get sufficient rest, bond with family. Um, just trying to catch up on all the exhaustion. At some point, I think the exhaustion mm-hmm. that, that I had been avoiding finally hits me, but I'm good. You know, so where you are, were you in a lockdown or you weren't? Oh, there was definitely a lockdown. There was a 24 hour lockdown. There was no movement at all for about a month. And then eventually the lockdown was lifted and there was a curfew. So people couldn't move around until like 8 p.m. At 8 p.m. No one was supposed to move around. 
Then later it moved up to 10 p.m., 10 p.m. curfew, which is still existing. So this has been the new norm for a few months now, you know. But I've still been in the studio a lot because I have a home studio. So I've been recording music. Oh, amazing. So you got some new new music coming out. Girl, I always have new music coming out. <laughs> like, it's, I mean, like, it's a theme. <laughs> <laughs> you do. You've always got so much going on. But yeah, it's given it's given you chance to to be in the studio and be at home and and still be productive and and creative. Well, thing is, I'm I'm always in the studio. I always find a way to put up a studio wherever I am in the world. But most especially, I only just realized that I had literally turned my my house to you know where I just drop my luggage and pick up a new one. But now I get to actually really live in my house, like live here in this house in Lagos. <laughs> You know, I never really live here. I probably would be in the country four to six times in a year. And it's probably just maybe get some African-inspired clothes, switch up my luggage and hit the roads. You know, I had to cancel my tour, my American tour, Canadian tour, my European tour. In fact, the American tour was already selling. Tickets were already selling. And shoot, like even the the gig at Carnegie Hall with Angelique Kijo in, in New York. That one also got cancelled, oh. you know, so like so many things have happened. And, and I know that like the rest of the world, a lot of people have lost their jobs. A lot of people are struggling, mm. you know, it's like the world is on a, it's a spiral, it's a spiral thing. And it's, it's not so pleasant right now, but yeah. I do know the one thing is most important and that's health. Definitely. Health right now. So true. Yeah. I mean, but I'm with you with the shows, like I miss a live audience and performing and stuff. So hopefully... It's, oh yeah, it's definitely been the longest I've ever gone without doing a show and definitely you had all your tours so hopefully you can get back on the road super soon but before we get too carried away Yemi we we must get into the crux of the chat the whole reason for stories of 29 is basically talking about my guests most pivotal transformative years whether it's like big successes your life changed or, or key challenges that made you a better person or whatever it is everyone chooses different years which is so interesting to me so I love finding out all the different stories and for me I I would say 18 because that's the year when my first single came out and a whole a whole whirlwind of fun began but everyone chooses a different year. So I'm intrigued, Yemi, to find out when you look at your life so far, what age for you stands out as the year that you grew and evolved the most and why? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That's a big question. It is. It actually is. You know, personally, I've always been of the mindset that every year, just like my albums, there there seems to be like a new me. Something something newer has been added to me. But to stick to your question, I probably had a few pivotal years, you know, years that are very significant towards the person that I am now. You said it was when you released your first single, right? Yeah. I think that things changed for me twice so far. One was when I had the revelation that I wanted to make a career for music. And this is crazy because I've always had this big voice and I've always been the the, the leader of any, like the lead chorus that in any choir as mm-hmm. a kid in primary school, secondary school. I always found myself in arts and entertainment, spearheading it, loving it, but it was always genuinely just a hobby. 
mm-hmm. I, I never really ever told myself I was going to be an artist. Wow. I was, to be sincere, even up to my university years, I was still trying to find out who I wanted to be. But then I won this talent show in 2009. And when I actually won, something just, it was like a veil fell off from my eyes. And I, I could see that sincerely I could make something from this talent other than a hobby. And then I decided to make it a career. Wow. I think that was, that was quite a moment in my life. I still feel the, 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 the stimuli that hits me that <laughs> day. It, it, was, it was like I'd been blind for so long. Like wow. how could I have been passion a, a hobby for so long, you know? <laughs> wow. And also that's interesting if you choose 2009, because that is the year that I would choose too, 2009. That was when my first single came out. So before oh. the talent show, Yemi, you yes. you wasn't sure that you wanted to be an artist. You knew that you loved it. It was a hobby, but you wasn't sure that it was going to be your career. Well, I wasn't, it's not like I wasn't trying artistic things. I would always mind Beyonce's songs, Maya Carey, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. I was all up in that, like I was super passionate, mm. but it was definitely a hobby because especially in, in Africa, um, a lot of our parents and a lot of people in general do not see any aspect of entertainment as a serious job up until now. I think we're part of the generation that, that have helped to change the mind of so many people in the entire Africa from makeup artists to fashion designers. Everybody's now respected in their own lane, but as at that time, Mm-hmm. How on earth are you going to be a musician and be respected? You know, so like, I, I never really envisioned the fact that as an African, as a Nigerian, that I would want to be an artist and actually make a living from it. So that was never really a, a proper option for me. Before that pivotal year of 2009, if you didn't do the competition, if you didn't enter the talent show, what career would you have gone into? Did you study in a different field? Well, yes, definitely. Over here, you definitely have to have a degree. (laughs) You definitely, like, it comes with the birth certificate. Hey, you've been born today, you're going to be a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) I have my BSc in geography. So I, I probably would have been doing something in the aviation sector. Definitely not a pilot because I have a serious phobia for it. Heights. So yeah, that's, I definitely would have been doing something in the aviation sector with my BSc in geography. Amazing. But guess what? I guess I had a bigger plan because I ended up I ended up, up traveling the world, you know, with my geography. So. There you go. So the geography <laughs> did come in handy. I mean, that's amazing you have a degree as well. So do you think that music would have organically just happened? Or do you think if you didn't do that talent show, you might have been in the aviation field? Well, to be sincere, maybe some years back I'd have said, oh, well, if I didn't participate in that at some point, music would have just manifested itself. But then I don't think so. The longer I stay in this game and I see the the, the effort that I have to put in and people around me have to put in to make it work, it's obvious that if you don't put yourself out or if you don't make some kind of effort mm. to change um, the current situation, something different, you don't do something different, nothing new is going to happen. Yeah. You know, so I think that that talent show was definitely 
one of the most significant platforms I needed to be part of to get to where I am mentally yeah. and even as an artist. Is it one of the biggest shows in Nigeria? The talent. Oh show? yes, uh, it, it actually has ended. They don't do it anymore. But yes, it was one of the biggest. It went on for like four years, I guess. I was the first ever winner, so I was like the maiden winner. Wow! And uh, the person who won the the talent show after me is also a huge Afrobeat superstar in London. His name is Kida Kuz. Okay, cool. I will ch- I'll definitely check it out. So what was it like, like, just putting myself in your shoes? What was it like that moment? Your, your family must have been so proud, but also skyrocketing to the top so quickly, you know, with a talent show. How was that feeling? Was it, was it crazy at the time? Yes, my dad was was very supportive. My family was very excited, super proud. Everyone was mm. like they were they were they couldn't believe it. Oh wow! So it looks like we might have a star in our family <laughs> after all. You know, that, that kind of because you know it was on all the TV stations. Everyone was watching. It was a huge moment for for us. Yeah, it was quite a transition in that. I, I couldn't, I, I was still a university student, you know, so I had to go to classes. <laughs> I had to go to school and people knew me on the street, you know, people I don't know always wanted to, you know, speak to me. It was, it was overwhelming in the beginning, but it put a huge smile on my face because yeah. it, it just was evidence that this could work. Yeah. You know, it was huge evidence that this could work. And, but then again, the, the downside came almost immediately because when you're a TV star that has been literally created overnight, mm-hmm. very easy people will forget you because when the show ends, almost certainly you in the minds of the, the viewers also, you cease to exist because you know the platform isn't there anymore. So I, I, I started to struggle with making it organic. The organic process is something you can't miss. You you can't skip it. But from experience, I had to just start all over again from the ground. I had to build because literally I went from, from level zero to hundred. Yeah. So there is no bridge. There is no ladder. Mm-hmm. If I fall a bit, there's nothing to climb back onto. Wow. So when, when the show was over, everything just ended. So I literally had to start from ground zero and start building, you know, stacking my rocks, stacking my rocks. And, wow. And that's so interesting because it sort of like feels like you did it in the other way around, like the opposite way. Like you had this big, quick, like skyrocket right to the top. And then then you had to build the building blocks and, and climb the ladder afterwards because you said, you know, people can forget as soon as the show's over. But the amazing thing, obviously, about you, Yemi, is that you, you've you had such an amazing... 2009 was like, how many years ago was that? Ah, 11 years ago. So your longevity and your, like, sustained career has been incredible since that. So what's the secret? What was the magic that, that keeps you going? Why you're, you're here and you're still here and you're here to stay? It wasn't just a quick, you know, on the TV yeah. and then gone. Yeah, I think number one thing is passion. Passion is something that I've always asked myself, what is this thing that's pushing me? And I realize this passion. Um, it's, passion cannot be bought. Mm-hmm. It cannot be given. You're either born with it and, and somehow it finds a, a way to fuel itself. It exists within you, like the blood in your veins. And mm-hmm. I think that that definitely is the one thing that keeps propelling me. 
And the older I get and the longer I stay in the game, I just realize that really this is what I want to do. This is like the air I breathe. This is what I really want to do. Mm-hmm. I know there's so many other sectors in music that I'm yet to tap into mm-hmm. because it's such a huge industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will grow into that eventually. But this field is, is definitely my calling. I'm very excited to be one of the few that have been called yeah that's amazing and I can definitely relate with you on that do you feel like over these years the passion has got stronger it definitely hasn't died out at all no it hasn't guess what Pixie I know I know you probably have experiences like this for instance Um, I'm sure there were times when you had gigs or appointments before this whole COVID-19 thing Mm. and you would be so reluctant or you'd be grumbling or you'd be making excuses and be like oh my god I just want to rest blah 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 Mm -hmm. and now that there aren't any performances (laughs) there's very little engagement (laughs) my live performances have literally been reduced to you know I'm like, oh my God, if I could take back every time I grumbled, take back every time I acted the fool, mm. every time I was difficult. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true though, isn't it? Like, I think it's easy when it's like so busy and so much going, you can easily take it for granted. And now it's like, we're just begging yeah. out there. <laughs> I'm just praying for second chances with God, like. God, please just take this away. <laughs> I think when we do, when you do get to do your tour, I know you had all the your tours planned. How amazing it will be, like for mm-hmm. you and for the audience. Will you be doing a show oh. in London? Yes, I definitely will. I definitely oh. will. coming back with a bang bang. Oh my gosh, amazing! I'm definitely one hundred percent coming to that front row <laughs> okay and then more on I wondered you know in the arts world because I know that music isn't the only thing that you've done you've also made some forays into film as well you were in a small feature film right yes and then also you were involved recently in a new project with Beyonce please could you tell me and the listeners a little bit more about those projects oh wow so I my team and I, that's a Fizzy Music Group, we have for long been getting offers for me to be part of several movies and series, but my schedule never really agrees. And most times when they call, they keep saying that why they're positive that I would play a good role is because they watch my music videos. And most times I have, I'm seen acting a certain character because my music videos are quite the last best sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, we decided why don't we why don't we do this for ourselves as well? Why don't we make a short film from a song and actually make the song the soundtrack of the video? You know, like killing four birds with one stone. Mm. That's crazy. <laughs> and that's what we did. it was a short film that had just about three lead roles, inclusive of myself, and a song called Home. And the film, the short film was also called Home. So there was acting and drama. And at some point, I got a dirty slap too. <gasps> what? Yes. what did you do to deserve <laughs> that? <laughs> yeah. So, well, that's why you have to go watch. That uh... slap was, it was super dirty. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, I definitely need to watch that. So that's so interesting. Do you prefer, is music still your number one or do you love, do you love drama just the same? Girl, 
Music anytime, any day, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that one too. And then also tell us about the Beyonce project, which I think was just very recent, right? Yeah, yeah, actually. Woo. It's the project that is still ongoing because as you, as you might know, she made the movie of Black is King mm-hmm. and, and a lot of us ha- are involved in the making of that movie. Um, we all, I don't know if you remember, but I think early this year or last year, there was the premiere of Lion King that, that happened in London. Yes. And we were invited to meet her personally. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to say that the project with Beyonce is also an evidence of the fact that everybody's dream, anybody's dream is valid, you know, in that I grew up listening to Beyonce. Mm-hmm. I grew up trying to be like her. I found my voice. I became Yemi Alade. I became more knowing of my Africanness and I put it into my music. Mm-hmm. And still, the dots still connected and the lines fell in the right places. And I got to meet, you know, a legend as Beyonce. A lot of us love her, you know. Uh, so the project is, is definitely a huge one for me and yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah, I bet. I mean, I'm a massive fan of Beyonce's as well. Was she? Um, she's incredible. She's like a superwoman. I wanted to ask you about your your role models and your musical influences. Is that would Beyonce be your number one, or have you got a few few that you really look up to or looked up to? There, there are a few, but Beyonce seems to tick a lot of boxes, especially with her dancing and singing at the same time on stage. You know, her yeah. persona in, in terms of um, what she brings to the table when she in in her videos, um, her dedication to work, the way she almost effortlessly crosses her T's and dots her eyes, and she's yeah. been doing it for so long. It takes so much energy. So yeah, Beyonce definitely is top three. When it comes to my role models, I also love Angelique Kijo, who I featured on one of my songs, Shekere. She's an African Congolese based in France. Amazing. And she she is such a powerhouse. She just hit 60 years, I think, last month or early this month. Wow. And she, if you met her, you would think she was 40. Wow. She is extra, extra energy. And okay. she definitely inspires me. Also, I am definitely in love with Shakira Angelo. Also because of how long they've stayed in the business and how dedicated they are to their art. Oh, totally. Yeah, I mean, they are all incredible. And I think exactly what you're saying, just the caliber of like the dedication, the work ethic, the performance, like nothing Mm -hmm. goes unmissed as well. Like what you're saying about Beyonce. I don't think there's many people that can sing live with those incredible vocals and move and dance like her at the same time. I actually, I can't really think of many female artists that Apart from yourself, of course, Yemi, that can do that because it's, it's such a skill and it's so inspiring. I love, I've seen her live so many times. She is just absolutely amazing. And But how incredible that she's one of your idols that you've looked up to and you're working on one of her projects. That's just incredible, right? Exactly. Super incredible. I'm so thankful. Do you think that in your amazing life so far that... No dream is too big that, you know, nothing is impossible. And like, you know, for like the younger listeners, what would you say on that sort of thing? 
you know, people always, people always say it's impossible until someone does it. You know, so I would always say no matter how big or crazy your dreams seem, how out of place, just, just keep going. Because most times we already have what we need to start. And the minute we start, the lines start to connect, the dots start to connect because how is anybody going to believe in you if you don't believe in yourself? Mm. How is that going to happen? So yeah, I would say just do you. Yeah, it's so true. I think self-belief is so, so, so important. Um, I just really think it can make, it can make amazing things happen and you can't really, you can't really wait around for other people to get that belief from other people. It's great to have that, but I think the self-belief is the thing that's definitely going to motivate you the most so yeah I definitely agree with you on that as well Yemi I know you've recently done an empowering song against COVID-19 with other strong female voices in the music industry have you always had a drive to use art to speak out for what you believe in do you think that that's important to you very important especially being able to lend your voice to people whose voices aren't as loud as yours it's always important because you know, it's only one life, and I think most times we we forget to rub off on people the right way. So every time and any time I have the opportunity to lend my voice, I'm always eager to. Totally, that's brilliant. You know, you said at the start, you said um, I asked you your pivotal year, which is what Stories of Twenty Nine is about. You actually said there was two. Was there another year that was transformative? Yes. So six years ago, which it was um, 2014, there was yet another significant moment in my life, a pivotal time. Okay, so that's interesting. So 18 and 25. So what was the reason why 25 was was an amazing year? So I eventually released a song that went on to become a global sensation. The song was called Johnny. Yes. And and it has over 119 million views on YouTube. It's still one of my most streamed songs, to be sincere. It's a crazy wow. song. It's it's the biggest, most... Yeah, you could say it's my biggest so far because it, you know how every artist has that one song that you can never detach yourself from because yeah. it, it marks like ide- your, your, the identity people have of you yeah. almost for your entire career. Mm-hmm. That is that that song, you know, and um, it exposed me to the entire world. It, it's because of this song that I started touring the world. It's because of this song I started getting bookings outside Nigeria. It's because of this song I started having my, I, I went on European tours mm. and that was the beginning of, you know, life as a touring artist. Wow, amazing. Did you know before you put this song out, wow, this is going to be life-changing? Could you tell? Um, what do you think it was about the song and that time that connected to so many people? Ha, huh. <laughs> wow. Hmm, to be sincere, I had no idea. I'm even going to bust your mind. The song wasn't an official single. It actually leaked. No. Yes. <laughs> I love stories like that because it's a, it's always the way, isn't it? Like the ones that don't have the big build up and the big, you know, plan of the video and the official thing and this. Yeah. It always tends to be that way. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's crazy, but I'm I'm so thankful for you know what the song has brought with it. It's been nothing but blessings. Oh, amazing! And obviously, like it connected to so many people. Does that inspire you with your new stuff that you've been writing? Like recently, or is your new stuff a completely different sound? 
Well, it definitely inspired the rest of my career after that point. It's a love song. It's a heartbreak song, actually, but it's a dance song. So I think because I tapped into reality and I said my truths in the song, people kind of really related to it. It's about a cheating lover. Mm-hmm. And I happen to have old names, you know, and I think people were just really excited as to how it was funny because I didn't make it like a sad love song, even though it was a heartbreak song. Yeah. So yeah, um, I think putting your personal journey in, in music sometimes when selecting lyrics also helps to connect with the audience. Totally. I think definitely truth always speaks, doesn't it? And loads of people can relate to it. So for the, for going forward, do you always try to put your truths into your song? And is there always a dance element? Well, 80% of the time I like my people to dance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's not every time that I that it's all about my experience. Sometimes I, I write about a friend's experience or just looking out from a third party perspective, you know, into the world. I just put it in music. Yeah, I love that. Um, amazing. So your two transitional times were when you realized music was your calling and your purpose and you stuck with that and you won the talent mm-hmm. show and then the next transformative year was your massive global smash and I think mm-hmm. you're going to have many more transformative years well I know definitely so before like we round up the chat I always like to ask my guests if they have a morning routine as in do you do something that sets you up for the day that makes you feel empowered or do you just go with the flow <laughs> oh no, I have a routine. And even now that, you know, things have sort of like dialed down a bit in terms of activity, my routine is even more um, refined. You want, a, you want a little glimpse into that? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what you do when you, when you wake up in the morning. Oh, okay. So when I wake up in the morning, I realized that I had a habit of picking up my phone and I start scrolling through social media and yeah. stuff. And Me too. I feel, I feel, <laughs> Sometimes I, at some point I start feeling like, oh, this is this is literally like me waking up in the morning and filling my head with other people's views, other yeah. people's thoughts, what about my thoughts, you know. And sometimes it, it, it either gets you a bit too excited or it throws you off because sometimes there's a lot of, you know, negative news online, yeah. not personally about me, but like just in general. Mm. So to, to neutralize all that effect. I've done two things for myself. When I wake up in the morning, I pray first of all. I try to read an empowering Bible passage or story, something to, you know, put me in a in a good place. And then I come and sweat it out. I work out at least 30 minutes or an hour, I do some cardio, try to hit those abs. I don't have any abs that are visible yet still, but I'm pushing. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, after that, I... I have breakfast or or brunch. I'm not so much a, an early eater mm-hmm. anymore. What about coffee? Do you have a, a coffee? I always have tea. Look, I start my day with a cup of tea and I end my night with a cup of tea. Me too. What, an, what, an English breakfast tea? What tea are we talking? So I was so hooked on English breakfast tea for years. And I noticed it started changing the color of my teeth. Oh, no. <laughs> I would, I would, once I board an aircraft and having my tea, I travel with my tea bags. That's how hooked I am on my tea. Um, Every break I get, I'm ordering tea, I'm drinking tea, I'm having tea. So, yeah, I start my day with a cup of tea after my workout, and then I eat, and then I tend to the business of the day 
Um, and then you know, do you go on the social media? Yeah, I do. But I once I see that I'm beginning to read or pick up information that is of no use to me or information that is just about, I don't click on just any box anymore because some things are just negative and I don't want that anymore. The world is crazy right now. Yeah. So once I just see that I'm lingering on social media and looking for something that is not missing, you know, that moment when you're just scrolling through your phone, you're not looking for anything in particular. You're just scrolling through. Yeah. Scrolling through I said, okay, break time. I just throw my phone aside. You know? Yeah, that's the thing. Sometimes I get stuck scrolling and then I'm down a rabbit hole and then I'm looking at things that just like, don't I don't need any of the information. And then an hour's gone. It's like, what? So I think there's definitely a too much. You can have too much of it. But I do think it's amazing for inspiration and like connecting with people. And obviously there's a lot of positives. With social media, do you think there's, uh, ever a danger of sharing too much or not sharing enough? Do you think that it's important to connect with people? What do you think are there like pros and cons? Oh, well, as far as social media is concerned, I think you should share what you're comfortable sharing. You shouldn't share based on the fact that you're under pressure to share exactly the same thing someone else had shared online. You know, like I think your page and your space is is set apart for you alone and people would appreciate what you tend to always put out there, you know? So I don't think it's, I'm under pressure to, you know, do what anybody took. I think there's a line and the, the line literally is what you permit. Mm-hmm. It's your page. Literally. If you even decide to not post for a year, it's your page, it's your business. Everything has its pros and cons. You post a lot, it has pros, it still has cons. You don't post a lot, it has pros, it yeah. still has cons. Yeah. You share it has pros that you think you have, and then it has cons. Everything just has a way of coming back to yeah. bite you. But the good thing with Instagram especially is that the things that you search for the most are the things that come up on your search feed. So, for instance, if you're always looking out for art, mm-hmm. you most find things that are art-related in your search feed. Yeah, but when you start, you know, mysterious things, things that don't relate to you, or gossip blogs and all those things, that is all that is going to be on your feet. And that is not healthy. Yeah, it's so true. I read something where someone was like, your diet, you know, you think of what you eat is like going to make you healthy, but your diet is also what you're looking at and what you're reading and what you're focusing on is also your diet, like of your mind. And, you know, you've got to keep that healthy too. Positive. Very true. Yeah, very cool. I also wanted to ask you, Yemi, with like all your your big dreams and all the things that you've accomplished and achieved, do you generally, do you manifest, do you visualize things coming to life? Do you have a vision board? Do you have a five-year plan where you're like, by this year, I'm going to achieve this. By this year, I'm doing this show at this place. Or do you just like go with the flow and see what happens? Do you pray? What is your, how do you sort of do that? Well, mentally, I I always have like a sort of goal for myself, but I try my best not to put myself under immense pressure because it turns out that sometimes if I, if I have set my mind to get a particular thing in five years time, sometimes God is gracious enough to, you know, bring it to, to, to reality in two years or three years, mm. or maybe perhaps push it it might even be pushed further. But yes, I always have goals. I think goals are important in any, everybody's lives because in everybody's life, because it helps you to stay on your toes. Like it keeps you 
What's the best way to put to put it? I always think it gives you like something to to focus on and, and gives you hope, gives you something to, to look yes. forward to. Yeah, direction. It it helps with your direction. It helps you to make your choices even better because when you have an idea of where you're going to, it's easier for you to make your choices. So when when you find yourself in any dilemma, you're able to tell what your priority is. Mm. Yeah, so true. I'm always interested as well in ego and if you think that it's important how if you if you need it to navigate your way through being an artist or do you think that it's not needed you know ego is such a very 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 dicey quality a bit too much and it will ruin everything even sometimes just a little and and it could spoil the big stuff but i think we all we all need to identify personally our self-worth and I'm not sure if ego sometimes is 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 always the best word <laughs> yeah. yeah you know but I think it's important for everyone for us to know our self-worth and it will help us to know what to accept and what not to accept yeah you know and that is very important yeah I think like in terms of boundaries and stuff it's important to have those right Exactly. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So I just, before we close up, Yemi, I wanted to ask you basically your future, your future projects that you're, that you're working on. I know you, you said you're doing some new music. If you are to leave a lasting impression on the world, what would you like your legacy to be? Oh man. Um, whew. Wow. <laughs> wow. 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 There's so much I, I, I still want from this career. And I, I think other than becoming the, the greatest that they that ever lived, the greatest that they, that ever was to do what I hope to do with my music, other than that, I hope to also be able to help other people to become just as great as I am and even greater at some point, you know. Yeah. Just be able to rub off on the, you know, the next generation and even this generation in the right way. That would be such a huge goal for me. Mm-hmm. Um also even personally as a person to, you know, be able to bring a family to this world and see that to the best of my capacity that they're able to become an addition, a positive addition to this earth, you know? Yeah. Those are definitely goals. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's amazing. I think well you're definitely already inspiring so many people with what you what you've done and what you're doing and your outlook on life and the way that you live your life. You're definitely already inspiring people to do that and to go for their dreams and go for their goals. And I'm looking forward to this is that the immediate stuff that you're doing next is is new music. Well, yes, actually, in the works of putting together a video for that as well. So, yes, my latest release is called Boys. And this new one, I really can't wait to share it. It's such a dance track. (laughs) (laughs) There's a new one coming. When's the new one drop? Well, second week in August. Yes. Second week in August. Okay, so everyone check out Boys right now and then stay tuned for another song coming second week of August. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Thank you so much, Yemi. And I love that your Instagram says Woman of Steel. Yeah. That is what you are. Thank you so much, Yemi. Thank you so, so much for listening. Once again, if you like the show, then please rate, review, and subscribe. It helps other people find the show and absolutely makes my day.
I'm your host, Kate Ferdinand, and this is Blended. My Blended journey began when I met Rio in 2017. Rio had three children with his first wife, who unfortunately passed away at a very young age. It's been a real journey for me, and I've pretty much been learning on the job. But one thing I have realised is, the more we share our experiences and struggles, the less alone we feel. And that's where this podcast comes in. I'll be celebrating all different types of blended families. Every week I'll speak with experts, everyday people and celebrities in the public eye about stories of families and relationships bound by love, no matter what their circumstances are. I'm your host, Kate Ferdinand, and this is Blended. Blended.